Welcome to the Traffic Talk Podcast, anti-trafficking discussions for the modern abolitionists. I'm your host, Vern, from the Justice Ministry at Blue Water Mission. We've got a decade of experience fighting the injustice of human trafficking and have ministered to hundreds of victims by just using volunteers in our free time. But we've had outstanding results. We believe that there's a role for you in this fight too. On this podcast, you will hear interviews, stories, and discussions from people on the ground doing the real work. So plug in and get ready to open your heart and mind. And now, the next episode of the Traffic Talk Podcast. Welcome to episode 11. We're going to be talking about what can churches do in the fight against human trafficking. Hey everybody, this is Vern from Blue Water Mission Justice Ministry, and we're going to be doing a series of solo episodes, so you guys will be hearing from me a lot in the next couple of weeks as we prepare more great interviews to come your way from other freedom fighters and just amazing people working in the anti-trafficking world. So let's jump into it. What can churches do? And this is a question that comes up a lot of times, I think, that... um, Christians or churches can um, rightfully so feel that this is a big issue and they're not exactly sure how to get involved. They don't want to do damage. Uh, They do want to help, but they're not sure exactly what they can do, how they can do it, that kind of thing. So today what I want to talk about is just that yes, they can get involved and there's several different areas in which they can get involved. So what I want to say, number one, is just that churches and groups of Christians and what I mean by churches or by groups of Christians is that it's just a group of, you know, Jesus following um, people who are trying to live a way of life um, in regards to what Jesus taught and what he preached and um, they're pursuing it together because I think community is very important in this. Uh, as a single individual, it's tough to do, um, to make a difference and to carry on the fight. But as communities, we can do an incredible amount. Um, so church computer communities, they're incredibly powerful in all aspects of the fight against human trafficking. And I want to break down some of those for you guys. I'm going to talk about awareness, prevention, reduction of demand, and the healing journey for survivors. So let's jump into the awareness side of things first. Um, one, churches, are they, they have a ton of people in them. I mean, we have small church communities, we have large church communities, but they're often... Um, network together in families or in friends spread out across the state, across the country, across the world. And once there is awareness raised in one portion of the community, it can really spread to other portions of it. And it can spread not only within the church community itself, but outside to friends of ours that maybe aren't Christians, aren't coming to our church community, but yet we're interacting with them. And so it's a nice network to be able to spread awareness, to share that like, you know, human trafficking is real. Sex trafficking is happening, yes, on an international level, on a global level, but it's also happening in many small towns and in many cities across the country. It's happening to U.S. citizens. It's happening to kids. It's happening to vulnerable adults. And we can 
recognize that that is really happening and we can spread ways in which we have gained awareness. So whether that be um, through podcasts like this, or it can be through documentaries, it can be through books, um, it can be through, you know, specials on TV, um, anything like that, right? And we can spread it and we can tell others about it. And so that sort of community that we have and the built-in ability to spread awareness is really powerful. And then the next area that I want to talk about is prevention. And the awareness ties into it because if people aren't aware, then they can't prevent. But once we start talking about prevention, I think that there is even more that churches can do. Um, one, we know that one of the biggest vulnerabilities for victims, um, one of the biggest, um, I don't know, red flags or concerns that might set them up to being or becoming a victim of human trafficking, becoming a victim of sex trafficking, is having sexual abuse, well actually having any sort of abuse in their background, but specifically sexual abuse. And for kids, if they've been molested, um, that's really a big concerning sign because Pimps and traffickers specifically look for, um, they look for victims who have been molested, who have been sexually abused. They're looking for them where they have been hurt, where they have been broken in some ways, and they want to step in and they want to manipulate and take control of the situations. Sometimes we hear pimps refer to molestation as the boot camp for pimping because they just see it as you know, for them, such a perfect way in which a victim has already been broken down and a lot of the work has been done for them. And so when they're already broken down, they just need to step in, kind of reframe some things, manipulate a few things in that victim, and then push them out into making money and pulling in money for them. Um, so on the prevention side of that, the way in which we're taking care of our families, the way in which we're equipping our families to talk about and deal with um, sexual abuse, you know, um, to talk about in a healthy way, sexual sin, um, to talk about getting people the help that they need when they're struggling with addictions, um, to not, you know, just the community. We really have a powerful um, opportunity to be able to influence families, to be able to protect children, to be able to encourage families to have healthy conversations about sexuality um, with their kids and with their young people. Um, our youth groups and young adult groups where we have a powerful po position to be able to talk about healthy sexuality um, with individuals, talk about consent, um, talk about what rape is, talk about what inappropriate touch is, um, encourage that there's nothing shameful about disclosing if something has happened to you, whether that be boy or girl, you know, um, recognizing that abuse is actually really common in our world and making sure that there's room and um, uh, trauma-informed people to be able to handle those sort of disclosures and not... Um, treat the victims as if, um, as if this is crazy, but really treat them with respect and with honor and connect them with services and certainly not try and, um, uh, play down any sort of abuse that has happened to them. So I think that there's just a lot that the church can do as far as prevention there and just making sure that we're raising healthy kids and healthy young adults and, um, 
We can also do more prevention in that we can increase the awareness of parents so that they know what signs to look for. You know, churches can host awareness nights, can can host um, prevention teachings and bring in um, trusted partners from the community that have been working in um, anti-trafficking work for years and they can bring in information to help inform the parents so that they know what red flags to look out for so that they know how to look out for recruiters or for traffickers um, trying to sweet talk their children trying to make promises um, how to identify red flags and change of behavior all of that kind of stuff okay next area that i want to talk about is reduction of demand um, and our churches definitely have a role to play in here. If you just look statistically um, at the amount of customers that it takes in order for the sex industry to run in America, most of our churches, we're going to have some customers or some former customers. They might still be current customers. You know, we're going to have people that are still consumers of the sex industry within our church community. And so talking about how it is damaging and how, um, you know, real sexual addictions can cause problems. It's not just... Um, prostitution between two consenting adults. Pornography is not always something that is involving uh, consenting adults and uh, that they've been clearly informed to everything that's going to happen in the shooting of the of the porn, of the video, of the photos, that kind of thing, right? So like if we talk about how this is harmful, how it's not really honoring to individuals, how it is um, dishonoring, how we're objectifying others, how we are sexualizing things. Um, if we talk about this kind of stuff and say that it's really not acceptable, if we work as a community to talk about how, you know, going to the strip club for bachelor parties really isn't accessible. I mean, really isn't acceptable. Um, if we, um, you know, discourage talking about um, yeah, sexualizing either gender, you know, women or men. Um, if we talk about how we don't really want to treat or talk about others in that way and we reframe it in how we can be respectful, how we can um, change maybe some of our assumptions on, um, on the genders and that kind of stuff and um, how we treat each other, that that would just be, you know, really powerful there. And clearly talking about that demand is unacceptable and we can push on the legislative side. We can push our representatives and our lawmakers um, that we want to see not just traffickers held accountable and we don't want to see just the easy arrest of people that are supposedly prostitutes just being locked up, but we want to see the laws of our country, of our cities, of our states, of our counties to actually go after the people who are paying for and funding this entire industry and say that they should be held accountable. You know, they should be held accountable for, um, for purchasing sex with others for, um, you know, taking control and um, manipulating vulnerable people who are in a desperate situation and just trying to figure out how to get by 
Um, we want the purchasers, we want the buyers, we want the Johns, the tricks, whatever you want to call them, to also be held accountable. And so there's a lot that the church community can do to organize and to rally around legislative movements like that. Then the last area that I'll talk about is healing. Healing for survivors or healing for victims of trauma. Maybe they haven't been um, trafficked, but it kind of goes into part of the prevention, is making sure that people who have experienced trauma get the healing that they need so that they're not left out in the world with this big, gaping, open hole of a wound, you know, that um, predators can recognize and pick up on and want to take advantage of and manipulate. So healing in that sense, but also healing for human trafficking survivors. There's been many studies that show that a lot of trafficking survivors reach out to and go to churches in an effort to search for help, in an effort to get out of the game, to get out of the lifestyle of pre of prostitution to, to escape away from their traffickers, but they often don't feel comfortable talking about what's really going on. And they actually, they reach out to a number of different um, uh, organizations and services, whether it's um, drug rehabs or um, homeless programs or that kind of thing. But over and over again, we always hear about how survivors have reached out to churches. And so churches, if they've been through this process of raising their own awareness, where they have started having um, some of the difficult conversations around sex and sexuality and healthiness and this kind of stuff within their community, they have already gained some understanding of what the issue looks like. They've already gained some understanding of what um, the red flags are and what prevention measures look like. They've gained... Um, awareness of talking in their community about how this is not acceptable, you know, like not um, stigmatizing it, they're destigmatizing it, they're taking the blame um, off of the victims and putting it more on the purchasers and putting it more on the perpetrators, they're taking advantage of individuals. When all of these things have happened, it actually makes the community um, wiser it makes them more aware of when somebody is walking in with trauma and it makes them safer for that person who has experienced trauma to start actually talking about what's going on. And for the churchgoers, for the congregation, they're more informed. They can hold a better conversation. They can ask better, better questions. And if they've been working along these lines, they're going to be able to connect that survivor to better resources because they've reached out to their community to find out who's actually doing work on the ground. And they are going to be um, wiser and better individuals for that survivor to build relationship and friendship with as they walk out their healing journey. So there is absolutely a role to play for churches in the fight against human trafficking. I always encourage churches to get involved. I always encourage um, Christians to get involved. You know, like God uh, speaks clearly about it. It's all throughout the Bible that we are called to justice, that we are called to, you know, uphold um, the laws of the land, that we are called to treat people with honor, that we are called to protect um, the orphans and the widows and those that have been, you know, like wrongly imprisoned, um, 
those that have been held against their will, all of this kind of stuff. We've got that just over and over again inside the Bible. So, you know, churches, they definitely have a role to play. They can do something in the fight against human trafficking. And I would encourage you to get involved. If you're trying to figure out how to get involved or how to speak to your church more about getting involved, you can connect with us on Facebook. You can find us at uh, BWM Justice. So that stands for Blue Water Mission justice. And that's our justice ministry. You can connect with us. Uh, we have some exciting um, training programs that are I'm just prepping now and they're getting ready to come out and uh, we're super thrilled to be offering those. Uh, we're going to be taking a small group of people to begin with and then opening up to a wider audience. But you know, start the conversation with us now and let us know what you're interested in. Um, how you want to get your church involved, how you have a community that, um, how you have a community that maybe has already been looking at and asking questions on how to get involved. That would be perfect. So anyway, I love to hear from you. Connect with us and hope you guys just have an awesome day, an awesome night or a great weekend, whatever it is when you're catching this. And um, yeah, if you've got a minute, stop and leave us a review so that we know that you like this podcast and that other people know that it's worthwhile listening to. Okay, thanks.